Hey guys, welcome to the 10th episode of Can't Get a Text Back. I can't believe that we made it to 10 episodes. And I'm just going to give myself a pat on the back because I'm actually keeping my promise. And this episode comes just one week after the last one that I put up. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I had on one of my friends, Raya. We talk about mental health, astrology, dating online, all that fun stuff. And this week, I have another guest with me on Zoom. I have Amy Terrio, and she is an Instagrammer who has recently devoted her platform to uh, the conversation around PCOS and infertility. Um, We had a really, really great conversation. It's very insightful, whether you are someone who is struggling with this or you know somebody who's struggling with this, there's something to learn no matter which side of it you are on. Um, So yeah, it was really, really insightful and I'm so happy that I had the chance to speak with her on this episode. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys that I'm still accepting people into my Facebook group. So if you go into Facebook search bar, click um, type in can't get a text back and you should be able to find my group. You answer a couple of questions. I'm just trying to build that community. Haven't been posting much in there because right now it's just a couple of my um, very supportive friends who are in there, Uh, but I'm really trying to build that up so you can do that. Um, Yeah. And follow me on Instagram at can't get a text back. And I'd love if you guys would subscribe and rate the podcast this week. So without further ado, here is Amy Terrio. All right. So I have Amy here with me. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. So before we get started and into the nitty gritty, I wanted to joke with you about something. Okay. You listen to my podcast when, you know, after, you know, we kind of got in touch with each other about recording together. And one of the funniest things that you said was, I love your accent. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Oh my God. And that's so funny because I, so I live in New Jersey, but I was, I grew up in New York and I have the most tame accent. I believe it. All of my friends. But once I started watching your Instagram videos, you have a little bit of an accent too. Yeah. Where are you from? Okay, so I live in cozy little Nova Scotia, which is like Ooh. East Coast as well. So we wow. basically are on the same coast. Just okay. Timelines, I guess. Yes. Um, every time you guys get a storm, we get a storm. Okay. Every time. <laughs> it's like we wait to see what happens down there. Okay. And... Um, so, but I grew up in like a small rural Nova Scotia and oh, wow. I had just a lot of influences from like some of the guys that I dated, like in like there, some guys I dated were from like Cape Breton, some of the people I dated were from different parts of Nova Scotia. So that very rural feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so my accent is like, just like a culmination. It's very Nova Scotian. Yeah. You like, like, can't put your finger on it. It's very particular. I was laughing because yeah. I was like, oh man. She was able to pick out the accent. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, you got one too. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that. I've always had a very intriguing interest for accents. Like really? that's actually like draws me to men. Like sometimes when I was like younger and I meet like a guy who's from like Ireland, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my I God. have to talk to you. Oh my God. Um, I went to Vegas when I was like 22 with my best friend and I was like single and having a good time. And I, I met like no guys except for this one uh, guy who was English and he was my boyfriend on vacation. He was my, my boyfriend and that was it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so funny how, you know, as 
as we've gotten older and connected more on the internet, you're starting to see like people's dial, like dialect and their accents appear yeah. kind of like on social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I know that when I watch my own stories back, I chuckle. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I listen to myself back and I'm like, wow. It's, it's been so that's but it's authentic, I'm- right? It's authentic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's just dive right into it. I want you to just kind of tell me about what inspired you to get on this journey with your Instagram page and if you can kind of share your experience and what your platform's all about. Yeah, so the word platform to me is a hard thing to um, think about because because it's kind of been like a branded term, you know what I mean? Like when you think about like, it's my platform and stuff like that. And Sorry. <laughs> and uh, I'm just gonna put this on silent. I think it's I have a new Apple Watch and I like kind of just Yeah, I don't know how to use anything. <laughs> but anyways, um yeah, it's just like a branded term to me, but at the same time I love the idea of connecting with people. Um yes. I am an extrovert, I'm one of six in my family, yeah. and um I just I love always loved Instagram. I was like your first MSN friend, I had ICQ, like I've always just kind of been like tech technology is in my family but I love social media okay um and so yeah so I kind of always like dabbled in the social media thing and wasn't really sure like what it is what I wanted to do did I like you know beach? do I like home decor do I like all this stuff and I was like yes I, I love that stuff but like is it me like is mm-hmm. it something that is authentic can I share it and like you know, some people can, and like, I just, I'm not a chip in Joanna because I don't got that money. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kind of like dabbled and did a bunch of things and stuff. And then, you know, sideline my personal life, I'm going through the last like six years or so of just having like really bad menstrual periods. And like, just, it was something that was like always in the back. And like, I did talk about it with my friends, but I didn't talk about it in a way that was like empowering. I was actually ashamed of it. Of course. Um, yeah, exactly. That's how it and used to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you just felt, you know, you felt like you were doing things wrong. And like my mom, she had six kids. She had no issues with like her periods ever. And it was just a thing. Right. So, yeah. So I just, I started kind of reaching out just through like little drips and drabs like earlier on social media I want to say like a year and a half ago because I was starting to seek medical advice and like medical advice I was getting wasn't getting me to like my end goal which our end goal as a couple um I've been married to my husband for uh, three years this June okay um yeah so we've been and we've been together for a really long time so we just we were strategically focused on you know our careers and like getting the house and like doing all those like very check the box type things right um but then I was starting to notice that like um you know I was kind of going into this downward spiral of being like I checked the boxes and like but I don't feel like I'm you know living a life that like is genuine enough and that like I just want to seek more medical advice like I'm tired of feeling like I can't really express what's happening to me. Nobody's seeming to understand me. So I reached out through social media and Facebook groups, like we've talked about, yeah. is literally the only reason why I use social media anymore. And so I started exploring um, social media to to find some sort of like common ground, like to talk about menstrual health issues, to talk about 
you know, infertility, because that was like something that was coming up into my discussions with my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so from there, I just said, you know, I'm tired of it just living behind like social media, Facebook mess, like walls and stuff. Like, why can't we just talk about it openly? Like, let's talk about it. Like, I have bad periods. Like, I can't get pregnant. Like, I feel really shitty about myself. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, so that's where it all stemmed from. And with the lockdown, I really just ramped it up because all of those issues were starting to elevate for me personally. And I was wanting to connect outward and, and the response from this community has been amazing. And that's kind of where I think that my platform has taken me is taking me in a direction of being very open, being very vulnerable and wanting to connect with people and wanting to receive information from people that have experienced similar things to me. Right. And, and it's just so powerful. Like everyone's just, you know, so, so gracious. And right. So you said yeah. that, um, you know, that you discovered that you have PCOS and that does yes. kind of aid in the medical issues that you're having and the fertility struggles mm-hmm. that you're having. Um, what would you say are some misconceptions that people have about PCOS and any sort of fertility struggles? Yeah, so the number one thing, I actually talked about it today on my Instagram as a post because um, it's something that like means a lot to me and for years and years and years, people, my family, you know, and my husband and doctors and stuff like that, they would first talk about misconceptions about PCOS is like, you go on birth control, like it will, you know, birth control will fix it. And like it does to a certain degree, but really we're masking the issue. Yeah. The issue itself is something that is like a breakdown of the body. And then the other thing is that they talk about, you need to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And the the misconceptions around that is that, you know, people who are overweight always have, um, you know, PCOS or like you have to be overweight to have PCOS and there's different categories that they talk about with PCOS. So there's like, and I'm not an expert per se. I just kind of know what I've been experiencing, but um, there's like things that where your thyroid isn't acting up, where there's things where um, your hormones are just like really off whack and they create like headaches and Um, it can be very mild and it can be also things like where I've experienced where I've had really bad menstrual periods where it's heavy, heavy bleeding sometimes requires like emergency medical intervention and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you just, and you know, personally for me, I was just like, whoa, taken back. And I, and I thought something was more severely wrong, but when you start to dive into the world of PCOS and start connecting with these people that have, you know, more severe or less mild symptoms, you realize that it's such a broad and ever reaching spectrum of women who suffer from this. Like there are a lot of women out there who have some sort of it um, and maybe undiagnosed or sometimes misdiagnosed too, depending on that because I know endometriosis and endomyosis and all those types of things enter into that spectrum too so um yeah and it's just there's so many misconceptions about um from the outside looking in people will start to think start to sort of say to you why don't you try this why don't you try this why don't you try this and as somebody who's tried all the things you know what I mean and I tried so like I'm always trying something um 
yeah, and I just talked about this today is that like, I always used to think I had to lose weight for right. the PCS to go away, but I just have been kind of exploring this new lifestyle of like, you are what you eat type thing right yeah I mean putting Um, the food you put inside your body matters however I could imagine that going to a doctor and one of the first things that they say to you is that it has to do with weight that could be super damaging to your self-esteem I can imagine that makes you think like oh my god I caused this I did something wrong to my body and that could be that could be a dangerous thing to hear yeah it it, absolutely and it's you know the um you know trying to conceive a child and like there's all these I feel like there's all these roadblocks to like making this happen um and yeah and I just I have felt that there's been of a bit of a disconnect with just like traditional medicine in general um and I'm so thankful for having my doctor and she's been leading the way and stuff but here in Nova Scotia we have um kind of like a bit of a siloed situation where you have to wait two years before you're considered to have infertility. And you could have so many varying symptoms along the way. Um, And I personally wasn't diagnosed with PCOS until like probably six or eight months through that. And that just required like going to this doctor and going to that doctor and going to this doctor and like, going to a naturopath and like getting just like varying degrees of information. Um, and everybody has their own opinion about what should work. And I think at the end of the day, it's like what works for you. Um, right. and, and I'm just learning that. Okay. Um, how do couples that are struggling and I guess specifically women, um, how do you want other people to communicate with you? Because I find that that, that that's a little bit of a struggle. So one of my closest girlfriends who had fertility struggles for about two years and she ended up, um, they ended up deciding to go with IVF, which not everybody is fortunate to do. And Mm -hmm. even with them, it was a really, really big struggle to be able to do that. When she was trying to conceive, it was very hard for me to know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how would you, how would you say, like, let's say somebody knows someone who is struggling with fertility or any sort of health issues um, that you've mentioned, how do they want to be regarded and spoken to? Yeah, that's such, oh my God, that's such a great question. And, um, you know, we talk about friendships, relationships, and um, for me personally, I have been kind of around uh, what I'd like to call like the mom culture. Mm-hmm. Now, because I'm in an age where all of my friends are having children, their friends are having children, and I've been really integrated into that life. Right. Um, and and I think what's important is that in terms of communicating with somebody who's experiencing something that um, they want truly deeply and like are imagining, and also at the same time, they're seeing their friends live out that sort of dream. Um, and I'm just very thankful that like my friends, we are very open and, you know, and I think for me personally, it was always just communicating exactly what was going on and, and knowing that, um, you know, it's something medical or whatever, but it's not always the case, like you right. said. And I think this like, there's a bit of, you know, knowledge and education aspect that needs to happen there. Like people need to know that there's triggers and there's sensitive, you know, 
ways that you talk to people. Um, like for example, like me and my husband get married and my friends are having babies. And you know, my mother has said to me before, so like, oh, I just want a grandbaby. And the way that, yeah, the way that they say that, you know, you're just like, you know, deep down inside, you're like, I want that too. And I'm struggling, you know what I mean? And I've had to really um, speak to my family and be very vulnerable and be honest and say like, we, we're trying to conceive, like this is something that's happening. And, and once I did that, I felt very empowered in a way that once I felt uncomfortable, I could speak about how I was uncomfortable, but I could also deliver the message in a way that they understood me right. and how it was making me feel uncomfortable. And yeah. that's not to say that that's, that's not to say that people aren't going to, you know, say something like that might be triggering. Like, for example, like things that you'll hear is like, oh, you wait till when you have kids or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I just think it's important that people speak their truth. Like, just be like, well, you know, we are trying to have kids and hopefully we'll have some someday, you know what I mean? And so instead of feeling like, oh, I guess you're right, you know, I won't know. And it's like, well, I do know and I can't wait to have kids because that's right. what I'm trying to do. Right. <laughs> um, so it's just that, like the changing that narrative and making it more of a positive thing, like being, having infertility doesn't make you any different than some of the other moms out there or like some of the other women out there doesn't make you any different in society and I think people just need to kind of change that narrative a little bit and put that through that lens about when they communicate and how they communicate and understanding some emotional aspects to it right I like what I think is, it's really just you know it's education and just wanting to educate mm-hmm. yourself but I think that they're also and I think people, people are getting a little better with this, but the fact that people think it's normal or their business to ask couples, when are, mm. when are they having kids? Because not everybody is fortunate enough to decide when that happens. Oh my God. So absolutely. And like, I, I feel that I've had that experience enough times to say that, you know, it's, it's, it's a topic that we need to not tread lightly on, but at, at the same time, respect that like some people may not even actually want to have kids. Right. And some people may not even, you know, um, know that maybe they've been trying to have kids and they've had, you know, really hard times. But I think it's just the way that we talk about um, couples in general and how we look at women in general. And yeah. Sometimes I think we over-sexualize women in a way that like when you get married, we expect that you're going to have children or like, you know, years ago, it's like when you have children, you're going to stay home and look after them. You know what I mean? Like we've just, we're just trying to like break through those barriers as we get older. And I think that the millennial generation, and this has been my experience, is that we're just so open now and you know, people are really jumping on board the whole, like, you know, it's, it's not okay to just, you know, talk about somebody in a way that, you know, could emotionally affect them or like talk to them that in ways that you don't know, and it's not their business. And um, I think it's just, it's just, this narrative is definitely changing and I'm totally here for it. Okay. How do you feel about, so my friend that I was speaking about earlier, she, um, 
you know, she would talk about how some people, I guess, after trying to conceive for a while and, you know, who then ended up uh, getting pregnant. Um, she, I know she had a bit of a struggle with whether or not she wanted to share her news online or how she felt pe about people sharing their news online. Some people will write like sensitive posts or, you know, something like that. Or some people will say like trigger warning, things like that. Do you feel like that helps at all? Or like, what's, what's your personal view on social media and people sharing pregnancy announcements and that sort of thing? Yeah. And it's funny because, um, you know, I've been there before in my mind reading those and saying, like, personally, I'm not triggered by that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I understand that there are some people triggered by it. But I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying is that we need to be more open and vulnerable in the world, allowing people to speak their truth and show, share their story and show the connection and, and, and create that online positive narrative about the hard stuff about women is that we get pregnant, we have miscarriages, we have infertility, we have such, you know, enormous amount of things that we deal with um, in terms of medical history. And, and it's, it's something that on social media, I personally um, am trying to, you know, blow wide open because I just, I love the ability to share exactly the truth and nothing but the truth. And I think that just makes it genuine. And I also think that people connect more with it. Um, but in terms of where we are with how we do that and how we alter it and make sure that everybody is feeling engaged and not feeling like too vulnerable that it creates like some toxicity. That I think is there's just, that's just the ebb and flow of, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and I think as we get older um, and we start to do more of this online, um, it's just going, to, it's just going to flourish. I personally right. think, and, and, and I'm here to be a part of it and show it. And hopefully I'm doing it where people um, connect because I, I feel connected. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we talked a little bit about like what, what maybe couples and women do want to hear when they're going, when they're going through a tough time like that. Would you say that there is anything that if you can give advice to anybody who knows someone going through struggles, what would you say is something that you should absolutely never say to, um, a woman or, or a couple who's struggling with fertility? Oh, okay. Number one thing is people say, oh, you just have to stop trying and stop mm -hmm. thinking about it. <laughs> I figured that was going to be on the list. <laughs> stop trying. Just stop trying. And it's like, you're like, in that moment, you have that like fit of rage where you're like, I just want to tell you everything right now because right. you don't understand. Um, yeah, that one, I, I've gotten that a few times. Um, and, uh, and then the other one too is, oh, you don't understand. You don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that, that one hits harder for me sometimes because it's true statement, but it doesn't all, doesn't, um, change the fact that, um, I've experienced a lot I've been around children a lot right. I have a very maternal instinct I think we all have a very maternal instinct as women no matter what 
um, way we look at it. If you go back way to the hunters and the gatherers, I think <laughs> that we have that nourishing aspect. Um, but yeah, I just think people, when they say that, I just don't think that um, they think of it from a way that people um, could be completely downgraded by that statement. right yeah that has to sting um, a lot for somebody to say that because it's like you know you don't understand you don't have children and it's like yeah not by my fucking choice <laughs> you know like yeah exactly yeah, that has to be like, yeah, yeah. I, I, would my, I maybe you know would want to punch somebody <laughs> have it, you know being, yeah being and it also yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> well and also too it's like it almost, like I said, downgrades you and it makes you feel, especially when it comes from a mom um, yeah. and they don't mean, and I know like this, I, I don't say this in a way that I, people are mean. It's just like, just the people just don't understand how it hits, you know, how it slaps essentially. Right. Um, but sometimes I think it does it in a way and like online, you can see some of this stuff too. And um, it just does it in a way that I think makes people feel like they should be less than a woman like right. is it being a mom makes you more of a woman and at the end of the day I feel that I'm a woman first always like number right. one um and if I have a bonus of being a mother and a bonus of being a wife and being a friend being a sister and being an aunt that those things are attributes to me but they don't define me exactly um, and I've you know had to coach myself for that right <laughs> So, you know, obviously we just spoke about people telling you like, stop trying, stop trying, right? It'll happen when you're not trying or whatever they say. So speaking of trying, how would you say that trying to conceive in your experience or from other women that you've spoken to trying to conceive, how, if that has the ability to impact your intimacy with your partner? Oh my God, so much so. Um... Well, like, first of all, like when it, so I am like a total, like I'm a list person and like, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this and I research everything. And I'm like, I got my diary and I'm like journaling. Like I'm, I'm a little intense that way. Um, and so for me, I was like, okay, I was like peeing on the OPKs, writing it down, the time and date. And like, we were like, okay, we're going to have sex this day. We're going to do this day and whatever. And then like after what, three months, you're like, this is bullshit. I feel like sex is like a chore. I don't Mm -hmm. even feel like I enjoy it right now. Um, You kind of like, and, and also like my husband and I, we're completely opposites, but like for some reason we're, I'm a Gemini. He's an Aries. If you're into any of that, basically (laughs) it's not a good match in the world is what they say, but it works for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and like you just get to a point where you're not like you're not feeling like you want to have sex with that person because then right. like, it's like tied to something. Um, and you know, I personally struggled with it too because I was not only um, trying to conceive, but also having to deal with all this background noise of my PCOS. So I was right. like crazy acne, crazy bloating, random like irritable bowel syndrome, like right. different inflammation, just feeling so not sexy at all. And like, you know, mental health was curating like, and uh, yeah, so it's just, that can be like the number one thing for us. And then just the back and forth, like bickering type stuff where you're just like, 
sexually frustrated because (laughs) you're not having sex and and like there's just like that catch-22 so honestly I I you know we we still go through that and that's just like an ebb and flow of like any relationship but I definitely think you know my personal um, tactic at the beginning truly affected how I saw sex and and then because of that it reflected in how we didn't get to have sex. So. Right. right. Yeah, it's like so. a vicious cycle almost of like, you know, you're, you're probably, at least what I'm gathering from this is like, you know, you're trying to plan it out so much. And then it's like, you're planning all the sex that you're going to have, which almost results in like everybody wanting to have sex a little less, but you know, you have to. And yeah, I mean, oh, thank you for sharing because yeah. I, th- I think that that's something that's really tough. And, and I think that people who don't understand what you're going through, like you said, they're like, oh, stop trying and like have fun while you're trying. And you're like, but I need to do it on this day, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> right? Like that could be tough. Yeah, because there's so much science. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, wh- what would you say, um, how, how much would you say that like communication has played a big part? Like, how would you suggest couples, you know, like how they communicate about this? Are there times where you're just like, screw it. Like, we're not having a conversation about this today because like, do you ever feel like it's all you talk about? Or like, do you ever get into that sort of struggle? Oh, yes. And, you know, personally, I, um, I'm, like 95% of the time, I'm the type of person that's like bouncy and happy and positive. And like, I usually can like roll with stress and anxiety being from a big family and everything. I just kind of have that internal coping coping mechanism. Right. But with the whole, um, you know, added pressure and like, you know, the feeling of guilt and the feeling of like, I don't know, like at one point I felt like I'd lost something like I felt like I almost lost I don't know a part of like my potential like you know checking one of my boxes or like my journey or being a mother or something I felt like a loss for it Mm -hmm. and and it would what would happen is that I would like boil all of that up inside and stew and research and just like be so disconnected from my husband um, until a point where we like go for a drive and I would just have like a meltdown. Yeah. Um, and we did that a few times, um, you know, throughout our journey and just as we were learning and exploring and like trying to find answers. Um, but then we just got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to literally be so open with you every day about how I'm feeling because this is like a really weird territory for me. Um, and I had just kind of like coined, we had just kind of coined our situation as like infertility. Right. Um, so it was just a really hard territory for us. So in terms of communication, we, it's like so much more solid now. Um, and he's like so invested in the whole journey himself. Like we've been, he's been doing some research now and right. like kind of like it's more, we're more focused on like a healthier lifestyle. We're like working on ourselves. That's great. Um, and that's, yeah, and that's just been really good for us to be able to communicate and, like, go for walks together and, like, just focus on that aspect. Yeah, I think that as women sometimes, and especially our generation, it's like we grew – millennials are, are, are weird in that sense where we grew up where our parents were still pretty traditional and we're, like, kind of holding on to that, but also this modern woman thing. And I, th- I think that 
sometimes we're afraid to ask for something when we need it. And if, if that just means like asking your partner to like do the research or asking your partner to like, just listen to you vent and not even say anything back. Like, you know, sometimes it's just about asking, like you just have to ask. And if, if you can't go, you know, especially when it comes to marriage or just committing to a partner, like if you can't, you know, go through these darkest times, like that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you know, you always come out stronger in the end. Sickness and in health, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you guys have been together for how long? You said a long time, right? Yeah. So we've been together 11 years um, yeah. and like married up for, together. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Cause I met him um, when I was just turning, I just turned 20. Mm -hmm. um, no, 21. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Where has the time gone? <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. So, but he is, eight years older than me and when I met him he was like in a big guy job and I was like this party girl that like worked <laughs> at a um he was a regular at my coffee shop okay. <laughs> and I picked him up um but yeah we you know we basically did grow up together and um yeah so and we've been married for three years and live in Nova Scotia and loving life <laughs> that's great I mean yeah you, you had you have no choice sometimes, but, but to just like stop and smell the roses and like, it's, a, it's okay. Like, do you ever, do you ever feel like, I don't know if you're, if you're like this, I, I feel like sometimes I'm just like an anxious personality, but do you ever feel like there are days where maybe you're not concentrating so heavy on your fertility journey or your PCOS and you're just like enjoying a moment? Do you ever feel like guilty for that? Or like, does it ever feel like a job for you that you're supposed to be worrying about constantly? Yes, absolutely. So um, as I was saying earlier, there's so many categories to PCOS. And one of the ones that I think, um, you know, I've been dealing with for a while is the thyroid issue. And with the thyroid issue, it creates like, low. I get low, low energy days. Okay. Like, and it's like hormones are wacko, jacko, and it creates like this, like, mental health layer to my like whole condition um and so days when I'm like trying to push myself to like get out of that I have I'm so anxious right because my body like, like my body physically can't do it like I, I'm just like so and I'm like feeling guilty because I'm like oh I should just like go lay down and I should just like watch a movie and like I should do and sometimes I give into that because I know I have to um, but then other days I'm like, no, I'm going to go for the walk and I'm going to do it. And I know that when I do the walk, I'm not really enjoying it as much. Right. Um, but then when I get home, I'm like, okay, that was like so much, I feel so much better and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I do feel guilty with, you know, being out and doing and like getting active on days when I just want to like literally crawl into a hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that has but to yeah, it's, snuggle that sometimes. It, it truly is. Yeah, because it's yeah, there's always this vicious, you know, even with me or, or with anybody, there's always this vicious cycle, especially right now, like during these weird times that we're in, there are certain days where I'm just, you know, I know that I just need to like lay around and do nothing and just relax because things are weird right now. Everything's so weird. Like our bodies are in this like weird stress, even if we're doing nothing. And then I feel guilty for doing nothing. Meanwhile, sometimes you just need a little bit of that. 
you know, or sometimes you just need yeah, to like exactly. have the glass of wine or like go and, you know, go outside and, you know, and not ignore your responsibilities because you just have to. Exactly. You just have to. And that's the thing, right? And you may not feel like you want to be out of the house because you're like, oh, it's so easy to be like in my cozy pajamas. Um, but like my husband and I went for, we went for a drive on the weekend, just like down in the week, they call it the Valley Mm -hmm. and it's like just this lush paradise. And we kind of like bushwhacked through like old country roads and stuff. And it was weird being out of the house because like pandemic and everything. Um, but it was just like, we forced ourselves to get out and like have that like moment of clarity and be like, we love where we live. Like, it's so beautiful. Like, and it's just like that moment to be like free young like teenagers essentially yeah. like for a moment um and then yeah you come home and you just feel so refreshed from it yeah it's important to to do those things to take care of yourself um so what would you yeah. say are is like one piece of advice or a, or a few pieces of advice that you would give to anybody who's struggling with some of the same issues yeah, like, that's a really good thing. Because like, um, I, you know, I've gotten some really good advice over the years. Um, I think being persistent about your health uh, is number one. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, there's like so many facets to infertility. And if like your health is one of the railroads or blockades, if you will, into that, I think it's like, for me personally, I just had to really look within myself and be like, I need to like change something up to like make my, to make me feel a little bit better. And so, you know, I researched a bit into different sort of like lifestyle and like think different types of like diets or whatever. Um, And I wanted to do it in a way that was like science-based and and a way that um, wasn't super restrictive. And I didn't want to feel like I was like starving myself, like, because I always hated those types of things. Right. So silly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so I just would have been persistent about my health and like communicating with like my, you know, my GP and communicating with like other like nutritionists and stuff like that and understanding like that part of it and not giving up until somebody helped me on that journey. Right. Um, the other thing too, is just, I fully, fully believe that like when you're going through it, you really have to be like kind to yourself. Um, Mental health is so important. Um, Your body reacts to your hormones and stress and anxiety in ways that like, you know, personally I felt and it just sucks a lot. And like you contribute you contribute to so much more. Um, And then at the end of the day, and then the other thing too is like, I would say to someone that it doesn't really define you as a woman. Right. Um, and I think a lot of people are scared to talk about infertility because it's like they feel broken or something. Um, right. And yeah, I think at the day, end of the day, like number one, we are women first and we'll always be women and having those, you know, moments where you get to have a child or you get to get married or whatever, buy a house. Those are like a bonus. That's a bonus to your life. Right. Um, and I know a lot of people desire that, but it doesn't define you in that. Right. So yeah. And and I know that I've received some of that good advice and I think I just want to keep passing it on. Um, you have to pay it because, forward. Well, yeah, exactly. And, um, every, and everything works 
different for everybody too. Like there's not one solution to, to navigating it. And, you know, I'm by no means, um, um, an expert in navigating it. Cause that's like a very operative word, like still navigating, um, and every day is so different. And I think that's why I'm choosing to share about everything that I'm going through because it's just like different and, right. um, and hopefully people relate. Yeah. I think also it's like, you know, some days you're just, you're going to feel sad and that's it. And, you know, like, and, and that's okay. You know, I think that's that, exactly. you know, especially in the world that we live in and it's so easy to communicate with other people. I feel like we're always looking for solutions to problems when it's like, sometimes you're allowed to just not feel great and that's okay. And just like let yourself feel it or talk and talk about it or don't like whatever works. But yeah, it just sounds like some days you're just, you're going to feel sad and it's okay to just like feel it. I think it's important to just, you know, feel it sometimes. Um, oh my God. So like the recommendation that you gave about like, you know, you said that going on Facebook groups and like finding a network of other women to speak to sounds like it really helped you to learn even more than you were able to learn from doctors. Would you say that there are any other um, resources that have helped you, whether it's like a podcast, a blog, or, you know, a book, like anything like that, that has helped you kind of research and, and get through it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I am a huge podcast listener. So and I, yours has been pretty cute. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what you do with it while we're doing lockdown. But um, yeah, like in terms of the, um, the like, trying to conceive and like infertility is a very like um what's the word to describe it a very medical situation right so there's like that aspect where like your doctors are like leading the charge on that right but then there's like your own stuff that you're dealing with and so for me I had like you know some mental health stuff I had some like you know um, body issues where I was just kind of feeling like very off. Um, and then there's also like lifestyle, right? So in terms of really good podcasts that I've been listening to, so I'm a big fan of like Caitlin Bristow, um, okay. fellow Canadian girl. She was a bachelorette and she just like has a great podcast where she has different folks on from, you know, different reality shows to non-reality shows. Um, and then the bird's papaya, Sarah Nicole, she's also okay. Canadian. Um, and they're just like very women empowering type podcasts. And I think for me personally, I needed to rebuild my confidence mm -hmm. because like I said, I was an, I'm an extrovert. I come from a big family and I was just like, I had to reflect on, you know, what it is that I personally wanted to work on because the trying to conceive stuff was like being worked on. like I said, by a team of doctors, what is it that Amy Terrio is going to work on? Right. Um, and I just looked at it like from a point of view, I actually committed to myself like about two and a half weeks before um, lockdown that we were going, that I was going to go to the gym. So I actually had bought a gym pass and I was just going to go and I was going to walk and I, I wanted to walk. For like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it, sh it shuts down, right? Of course. But anyways, I wanted, I was like, I'm committing to doing this. I want to walk for my mental health. Like, I don't want to walk to lose weight because if I do that, then I'll think, you know, that I have to lose weight and I'll probably not follow through with it because that's right. just the way that it's been. But I wanted to walk for my mental health. I was feeling very like, um, 
like my body was just feeling so out of whack. Like everything had been happening with my periods. Like it was just nuts. Um, so yeah. So then I, I just had focused solely on thinking about how can I make my body stronger? How can I give my body what it needs to feel better? And so I stumbled upon, um, excuse me, this Instagram account that was like PCOS smart fertility or something like that. I don't know how I got to it, but of course the algorithm, you know, opened its eyes for me. (laughs) And, um, and it talked about sort of like this paleo gluten-free dairy-free lifestyle. And, and I was like, well, you know, I'm almost there. Um, and I've dabbled like here and there in different types of like, um, different diets and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try this. I'm in lockdown. I'm going to walk every day. I'm going to try this. And I just really like drilled it into my head that I really needed to do this because I was like, this, if this is the time for the comeback, this yes. is the time for the comeback. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, I need to work on my shit. Like my, you know, my brain is deteriorating. I feel sad. Like, you know, I feel like, so depressed and like I just feel like I'm in a funk the burnout is bad like but then I just started like working on myself and really getting into like these body positivity and like focus on like women's empowerment and I don't know when it was one day but I was like in the bath like hanging out in the bath and it's probably like um having a glass of wine and I was just like honestly I just feel so motivated by something somebody someone something that somebody said and I'm feeling isolated so like why don't I just pop on Instagram and talk to people and mm-hmm. I, I just from there it just kind of like really transpired over like the pandemic lockdown and I don't know I've just been rambling and learning and sharing and journaling and really just working on myself and what makes me happy and what like, you know, when I'm creative and when I'm doing things and when I'm being extroverted in a way that right. um, is able to like do it from a, a lockdown pandemic. Yeah, no, but listen, I've, I've said it from the beginning. If you have the means to be able to take the time and make something good out of it, like go for it, you know? Because when this is all over, the one thing that we'll wish we had back is a little bit of time, even though we all feel like we have too much of it, you know? So that's really great. Yeah. You know, with anything, whether it's just like you go through a breakup, you're having a hard time, no matter what it is, it's like focusing on yourself. People say it so much that it sounds played out, but at the end of the day, focusing on you first, and especially with health, you know, like, like I said in the beginning, like, worrying about your weight a lot of the time comes from, you know, like a a, a visual perspective. It's so, you know, silly. It's about size rather than health. And like, when you really look at it as like, I need my body to be strong for whatever, you know, it needs to go through. It's like, yeah, it it needs to be, it needs to be strong. And if you can, you know, do, do your research and find out your own ways and just really focus on health rather than, appearance then mm-hmm. that's really great yeah totally um tina Fey said this something really funny on um oprah's podcast was that i want to be able to if i fall down i want to be able to get back up yeah yeah it's <laughs> and i was like this is simple as that it right really like as simple as that like i want like listen and we've seen that meme a hundred times like when the zombie apocalypse comes if it comes 
we want to be able to run. <laughs> we want to be able to run. <laughs> so that's really funny. Yeah. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm happy that you've found a way to connect. It sounds like this has been really therapeutic for you. And, and I think that you'll be able to bring a lot to the table for other people, just like you found people who inspired you. You'll do the same for them. Um, you know, I wish you all the happiness and success and just to be happy, whatever that version of happy is, whatever, whatever that is, I hope that you find it. So um, if you can just let my listeners know where they could find you, I'd love that guys, you should go and follow Amy on her journey. Yeah. So thank you so much. Honestly, it's so cool to be able to do a podcast with people just from like all over the world. Um, <laughs> it's so fun. And I mean, I've never been to Jersey, but that's what, you know, <laughs> might not be there someday. Um, but yeah, so you can find me. I'm, I basically live on Instagram because that's just the easiest social media platform. Everybody I know. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's at Life on Leeward. So it's um, like like my life, L-I-F-E, on Leeward. Um, and that's the name of the street that I live on. So okay. that's what happens here. And basically I share whatever uh, things I'm up to, um, kind of sharing a little bit about my, um, my journey with PCOS. But most... Um, Recently, we are kind of entering into the infertility phase and and learning and getting doing some treatments and stuff and uh, might be exploring other ones there. Um, and then I'm also really bothering my husband with the most random home decor product pr- projects. So you'll probably see some like you know good. Love that. We love it. Working love outside type stuff. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. All yeah. Right, guys. <laughs> 